beloved, we welcome you to an atmosphere for divine path towards heaven. Comment by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Lord God has spoken, saying, Buttons are falling from the hands of men. Raise me men and women who will pick up those buttons, thus building an intimate relationship with me and the people. And also saying, He said, If my word abide, abide, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate the word of God. When you receive the word of God, you meditate. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the ways of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. This is the word of the Lord from Pastor Iti Robert Eyu. Who says in the presence of God there is fullness of joy? Father, thank you this morning. We have come with open hearts. The Bible says, A broken and a contrite spirit, the Lord will not forsake. We come with open heart this morning. Let your ancient word impart. Ancient word that is ever convicting. Ancient word that is ever convincing. We have come with open hearts. Let your ancient word impart on us. Thank you, Father, this morning. Let your word heal. Let your word deliver. Let your word light upon us. Give us understanding. And we may be wise again. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. In a very sensitive time in the age of the church, and that hymn we just sang says, Oh, my comrade, see the signal waving in the sky. One of the major reasons we come to church after we worship God is to hear God speak to us. There's a difference between a sermon and a message. And when I come to God's presence, I want to hear God's message for me for the hour. And I always like hearing from God to give to his people. Bible says in Hebrews in chapter 4 and verse 12 that the word of God is quick and is powerful. Quick 
means that it convicts. It's sharper than two-edged sword. In other words, the word of God is a two-edged sword. It trusts and it cuts at the same time. When God's word is coming, it hits you. It's like a sword. In those days, their sword is sharp in the mouth and is also sharp at the side. So when it enters, when it's coming out, it trusses and it cuts also. So if the one that trusts doesn't kill, the one that cuts will kill. So the word of God is like that. It's like a two-edged sword. It hits you and it cuts at the same time. And what is that word when it's coming like, like that? The Bible says in 2 Timothy that the word of God is for reproof. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. The word of God when it comes through you, it reproves you. The word reproves means to reprimand you. To bring you back to your senses. So when you hear the word of God, some people say, Nami, then take preach. No, it's reproving you. It's making you see where you are falling from. The Bible says, when you hear the word of God, when it hits you, it cuts across your marrow. It's a discerner of your thoughts. It's like God is there when those things are happening to you. How did pastor know that this is what I am going through? How did pastor know that is the word of God? It discerns your hearts. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of every heart. And the Bible says it's for reproof. It denounces what you are doing. The Bible says the word of God is for correction. To correct you means to tell you that where you are going is wrong. So every time you are going wrong and you come into God's presence and you hear the word of God and you open your heart, it tells you, my daughter, my son, don't go that way. You are on the wrong way. That step you are about to take, that decision you are about to make, instead of hardening your heart, he said, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. His word is there to reprove you to reprimand, to denounce what you are doing and to tell you, come back and to correct you. 
is for correction. And it's for instruction. To set you on the right way. To instruct means that don't go that way. This is the right way. So the word of God is quick and is powerful. It's sharp. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of every heart. And when it comes, it reproves you, it corrects you, and it instructs you. So as God's word comes this morning, if it's reproving you, take it. If it's correcting you, take it. It will come to correct some. It will come to reprove some. It will come to instruct some. So in any way it comes, it's for the perfecting of the saints. And when I was praying within the week, for God to tell me what he wants his people to hear, God said to me, I should tell you, don't retire. Don't retire. David was speaking in 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 19. He brought out a lamentation. He said, Thy glory, O Israel, is slain upon the high places. The glory of the church is being slain upon the high places. He said, How are the mighty falling? It's a question. How? What made the mighty men and women of yesterday? How are they falling? Tell it not in God. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines will begin to rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised begins to exalt themselves. And every time the mighty man falls in the church, it is the same people in the church that goes out to publish it and to make a mockery of the church and the daughters of the Philistines and the circumcised begins to rejoice over us. David said, don't publish your mighty men when they fall. Don't be among those that will be talking about what is happening in your house. Lest you are given the enemy an opportunity to rejoice. That mighty men are retiring and are falling. It's not given to you to publish it. It's given to you to reprove them. To correct them. And to instruct them. And God sent me to someone under the sound of my voice this morning to tell you, don't retire. When God says, don't retire, God is saying to you, don't withdraw from active service. When a man retires from 
his work it means that he's still doing something but he has retired from active service from being active in other words he has become inactive he's still coming to church but he's no longer active he's still praying but he's not active he's still evangelizing but he has withdrawn from active service that's the meaning of the word retire to retire is to withdraw from active service to retire means to become less active in other words to become useless useless is not an abuse when somebody says you are useless it's not abusing you it's telling you that you have not been fully used by God that instead of God using you fully is now using you less so your use is no longer full your use is less so when God says a man should not retire God is saying don't be useless be useful for my servant Caleb because he has followed me fully what does it mean to follow God fully it means to be used fully by God in the work of the kingdom are you useful is your usefulness full or are you used less I like you to think about that presently in the kingdom have you retired are you in active service or you are withdrawn from active service are you fully used by God is your time fully used by God is your strength fully used by God or your strength is less used by God I was on my bed and I was praying and I was asking God so many things that was happening but to me the nation the church I know what God said to me said don't retire when God says don't retire God is saying number two don't give up when God says don't retire God is saying don't be discouraged my daughter my son don't be discouraged in other words don't abandon your assignment because of sickness don't abandon your assignment because there's no money don't abandon your assignment because somebody hurt you don't abandon your assignment because 
things are no longer working for you the way you expect it to work when god says my son my daughter don't retire god is saying don't abandon your assignment because of any situation stay in the place of your assignments and god was talking to me and he's talking to you have you abandoned your assignments When God says don't retire, it means don't leave the place of your assignments. Solomon says, my garden, I have not tilled my own garden. I have gone to be tilling other people's garden. And I left my own garden until. That's your garden. Peter said to Jesus, Jesus said, follow me. He said, look at this guy. He has abandoned his own job. Jesus said, that's not you. You stay in your own place of assignments. We went for house hunting some time ago and we got to an estate and were supposed to ask the guy a question. So there were two security guys in the estate. And there's that you are they are always supposed to be two. They employ three people, but in no time will they ever leave that place one. There must always be two people at the gates. So one of them said to us, Oga, you go wait. I will take you to the vacant house in the estate. He said, but we are just two here. The third person went to buy food. When he comes, then I will take you, then he will remain. Despite the fact that we are going to give him something, Despite the fact that he saw an opportunity, a customer has come. Because if he takes us from that place to where the house is, like an agent, we are going to give him something. He said, when I go find me something, we say, no, no problem. We go find you. He said, but I know if it leave the place of my assignment, wait for us. Many of us because of hungry. Many of us because of tension. Many of us because of greed. We have abandoned the place of our assignment. For another assignment and God is saying this morning my son my daughter wherever you are hearing the sound of my voice don't retire don't abandon your assignment for something else listen the gate man or the security man has no excuse if he leaves and there's only one security man there and an arm robber or somebody break through that gate and come to the estate. He won't give an excuse, say, I, I took some people to go and see one house here. No, he has left the place of his assignment. His assignment is not to take us to check a house. Though he's doing us a favor, but he should first pay more attention to his assignment than any other person's assignments. When God says don't retire. God is saying, don't be upset. Many have left the assignment because somebody made them upset in the church. They abandoned the assignment. God is saying, don't be discouraged. Hold thy thoughts, for I am coming. My 
mighty men around you may be falling. Courage may be going. He said, but don't be discouraged. When God says to you, my son, don't retire. He's reproving you. He's correcting you if you have discouraged. He's reproving you if you have abandoned the place of our assignments. And he's instructing you if you don't know what to do. Don't allow anyone despise your youth. When God says, don't be discouraged. I mean, don't retire. Number three, God is saying to you, don't allow any man to put you down because of what you are going through. There's no difference between a banker and a sheet packer. The two of them are on the place of their assignment and at the end of the month, the two of them are receiving what? They are receiving salary. It's men that makes one profession looks as if it's higher than another profession. If everybody becomes a doctor, who will sell tomatoes? And how will the doctor eat? It's the doctors that decide to upgrade their profession. The lawyers decide to upgrade their profession. So the bricklayer also should upgrade their profession. Listen to me. In those days, nobody knows a lawyer. In those days, nobody knows a doctor. One of the most celebrated occupation was bricklaying. And that's where Freemason came out from. And Freemason is a society today that has become a cult. Who are the Freemasons? They are the when a mason, M-A-S-O-N, are bricklayers. So they are one of the most celebrated occupations that built. So they formed a group known as the Freemason. And it became a group of elites. But they were bricklayers. And when Timothy gave his life to Christ, he was in the place of his assignment. He didn't have a title. And those that have a title wanted to despise him. And so Paul said to him, let no man put you down. Let no man despise your youth. Let no man despise your occupation. Let no man despise your person. Let no man despise what God has given to you. Be thou an example in that place of a believer. In your words, in those days, nobody wants to marry a pastor. Because a pastor is seen as a second class citizen. They were despised. When you tell your mom or your dad that you are getting married, say, who you they marry? Say, now, pastor. Say, God forbid bad thing. Those poor people. Because in those days, before you become a pastor, you would have worked as a teacher, an headmaster. When you have retired, when the whole of your life has been used for the government, you now bring your dead body and become a pastor. That's when you become 67 or, or 70 or 90. That's the kind of pastor you see those days. But Timothy became a young pastor. And they want to despise him. How can a young boy like you go and become a pastor? And Paul said to him, let no man despise your occupation. Let no man put your assignment down. 
And a man came, Archbishop Benson in Dawosa, and he brought dignity into the work of a pastor. Pastors are seen as rich people today. Everybody wants to become a pastor. If a banker retires, he goes to become a pastor. A doctor abandons his job, he becomes a pastor. It now becomes a profession that everybody wants to belong. And God is saying to someone this morning, don't retire. First Timothy and chapter 4 and verse 12. Let no man despise your youth. Be thou an example of a believer. When you start praying in the midst of unbelievers, in the midst of your family, those that don't know how to pray will be longing to pray. Don't let them put you down. When you go out for evangelism, those that don't want to go out for evangelism before, when they see you, everybody will want to evangelize. When God says don't retire, he's saying don't let any man despise what you are doing. And don't see what you are doing as a thing of despise. There are many good reasons why people retire. People retire one because they want to have pleasure. I'm no longer doing this work. I'm going. I've resigned. People retire because they are sick. They can retire you from your office or you can choose to retire. Maybe because of ill health. There are many reasons people retire. People retire because they are discouraged. But one of the chief main reasons why people retire is because they are old. There's always a retirement age in every organization. They are telling you that when you get to that age, you can no longer perform. So they retire you. In other words, you are no longer useful. You are useless. Hear what the Bible says about Joshua. In Joshua chapter 13 and verse 1. The Bible says there's a word that started that chapter. He said, now, now. That means as at the time Joshua supposed to be working as at the time Joshua supposed to be refiring. Joshua was retiring. Now, the most important time God needed Joshua. Now, Joshua was old. And what? And he was stricken in age. Why the now? Now, something you are now old, you are now stricken in it. Now, be me is old, and it's, she's stricken in it. And the Lord didn't God know that Joshua was old? And the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua, do 
Joshua, you are old and you are stricken in age. It was a reproof. It was a correction. Joshua, what made you old? In other words, Joshua, you have retired. And you are stricken in age and there are yet many things I want to do through you. There are yet many lands to possess. There are yet many songs I want to use you to compose. There are yet many revelations I want to give to you. There are yet many souls I want to win through you. Your life has not ended. I have a bigger work for you. I have a bigger plan for you, Joshua. But you are old. You have retired. That you have a BP as a pastor does not mean that God has retired you. That you are sick and lame does not mean that God has retired you. In any situation you find yourself, still be on fire for God. Listen to me. When God says to Joshua, Joshua, you are old. To be old, according to the Bible, is not talking about your age physically. You know why? Because Moses was 120 years old. The Bible says, his eyes dim not. In other words, he was still seeing vision. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. In the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. The young man will see vision. So at 120 years, Moses was still catching vision of a bigger work. 120. That means he was a young man. Someone came up with a write-up some time ago and said, Pastor Kumuyi, Bishop Oyedipo and Pastor Adebo, you should retire. And they are old. They should young, young, young boys take over. And Pastor Kumuyi came out and said, do I look like somebody that is old? Two weeks ago, he was in Imo State at 81 to hold the crusade. Still catching vision. And my young pastor that is 30 years, 35, has retired. Stricken in age. Stop catching vision. Baba Deboe want to build the next cathedral in the sky. Go and look at the plan of the building, of the vision on top, on top of water at 81. His eyes dim not Neither was his physical body last week. That was what the Bible says. At 120, Joshua was just 80 and he was old and stricken in age. He has retired. Joshua, you are old. Who is the Joshua I'm talking to this morning? Tunde, till 
You are old. That's what God is saying. You are retiring. Antipola, you are retiring. You are giving up so soon. You have abandoned your assignment. You have withdrawn from the work I have given you. That's what God said to Joshua. Don't forget in Joshua chapter 1, God said to Joshua, Joshua, be thou courageous. Be strong. And be courageous. Have I not commanded you? How many times? Be thou strong again. And be thou courageous. That means a point in time will come in your life. Joshua, you will become weak. You become tired. You become discouraged. Either because of your ill health or because of one circumstances or situation. He said, but in that situation, be strong. Joshua forgot that commandment. And in verse 13 of Joshua, God said to him, Joshua, you are old now. I told you. Joshua, you are discouraged now. But don't forget at the beginning, I told you, be courageous. Because that's the only way that can make you divide the land to these people. But the land has not been divided. There are yet many land to be possessed. And Joshua, you are discouraged. Joshua, be strong. Don't give up. I told you that I said to God one time in my life, I'm going to pray throughout the year. Two, three hours every night from January to December. Halfway. I wasn't having enough sleep. I broke down. And someone said to me, Stop praying, oh. Stop praying. Make you not go kill yourself, oh. Not be you kill Jesus. And I went back to God. What should I do? God says, Change your strategy. You said you want to pray three hours every day, every night. He said, change from night to morning. Sleep in the night. In the morning, start your two hours prayer or three hours prayer. Don't retire from praying. That is enough to stop me from retiring. But God says, don't retire. Hear me, church. In the quest for success. In the quest for greatness you are tired don't retire but refire so that you can acquire the things that you desire in your quest for kingdom success in your quest for kingdom expansion though you become tired you become discouraged though you become sick though you become weak don't retire but refire so that you can acquire the things that you desire I desired to pray three, three hours every night. 
from January to December one time in my life. I became tired on the road. But though I was tired and I was sick, I refused to retire. Instead, I refired myself again so that I can acquire the power that I have desired. Are you retiring? He said, you are old. My daughter, God sent me to you. He said, you are old. You are stricken in age. And there are yet many things I want to do through you. My son, you are old. You are stricken in age. And there are many things I want to do through you. A man of God came here all the way from Delta State. The first time we went to Delta State, you know what he said to me? He said, God said to me, there's a pastor in your church. He said, when you get back home, ask him. God said, is it the way you were five years ago that you were five years now? I didn't understand. And it was here in April. As soon as he entered into the church, he went to him and said, God said, I should tell you, is it the way you wear five years ago that you wear now? You have retired. Is it the way you wear hot for God? Check your prayer life two years ago and check your prayer life now. Check your study life that he has to take a quiz for you to study your Bible. And your study life now. You have retired. I was saying to the church some time ago, a sister came here and said, how did I join this church? He said, I was at home. My sister was going to church. And his friend came to visit her that morning. And my sister finished dressing. And the friend said, dress and follow us now. I said, I don't go to church. She said, I don't go to church. I beg. Church is boring. He said, no, just try this once. If you come today, if you don't like them, they go back. And they waited for her. And she took her bath and she came. Came to church. He said, that day when she came to the service, we were singing praise. She saw the unity and the power and the love. We were dancing. Some people were carrying chairs and they were dancing. He said, wow, I've never seen this kind of thing before. She gave the testimony here. He said, I've never seen such love. By this shall men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. I've never seen this kind of love. This kind of happiness in the midst of nothing. This kind of joy. Overflowing. And after the service, she went straight to the sister that invited her and said, thank you for inviting me. And she became one of our chief ushers in this church. If somebody comes here today, will he still meet that thing that that sister met? I've retired. Now if one brother stops coming to church, you tell the other brother, let him go. Just leave him. Is he every time they'll be following him? Is he this one? Is he this one? Iki Yoda Ayodan. Iki Yoda Ayodan. This stick not good. You know they catch fire. We throw him. This stick not good. You know they catch fire. We throw him. 
when the food wait there for pot one done, when you don't throw away all the stick finish. And nobody said you they throw away and you they bring another stick. Oh. That's the church of the 21st century. Self-centered, selfish, old and stricken in love. Old and stricken in unity. And there are yet many souls to be possessed. said to Joshua, you are old. Moses was 120, 40 years older than you. His eyes were not dim. He's still catching vision. If Baba Deboye at 80, Baba Kumuye at 81, they are still going for evangelism and catching vision on how to depopulate the kingdom of darkness, you should be ashamed of yourself. Young man with strength, you are retiring. Sometimes I say to my son, I am 50 years, 55 years plus, and I can trek from here to Oshodi, from here to Third Mainland Bridge, and you trek from here to Charlie Boy, and you are saying, I'm tired, I'm tired. When do you want to refire? When you become 50 years. Is it what they'll be using to carry you from the bed? God forbid. Have you watched the young men in these days in the church that wants to stay inside the car and be evangelizing somebody with the worker? They can't trek. They can't do anything. And these are the people that are not too young to rule. God is saying to someone this morning, don't retire. Is when you no longer see vision. First Samuel and chapter 3. And early was old, and his eyes were dim. And the lamp in the temple was what? Was put off. There is no fire in the temple again because there was no vision for Eli to see. Where there is no longer vision, the body perish. Where there is no longer vision, the pockets perish. Satan is not the cause of your poverty. Lack of vision is what brings it. Where there is no vision, the marriage perish. Look at a young woman of 35, tying wrapper all over the house, like an 80-year-old woman, smelling. And he says Satan is fighting a marriage. That is what is fighting your marriage. Look at a young woman. Everybody eats. Go to your sink in the kitchen. Filled with three days plates. Smelling flies. There is water. There is soap. There is everything. But you are old. And you are stricken in age. You've not seen young women because they give birth to one baby. Two grandmothers. Came to help them to take care of one picking. The husband mother is there. The our mother is there. The two of them will wake up. One will cook for her. One will press her body. You are dead. You don't know you are dead. You think you are alive. What remains is for maggots to be coming out from your body. Because you are old and you are stricken in age. And there are yet. 
many lands to be possessed. When I watch some of you young men and young women here, I weep. If you don't catch vision now, when will you catch vision? God said to me clearly to tell you, don't retire. But refire so that you can acquire the things that you desire. Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no vision. The question I'd like to ask you this morning, are you an old man? Ask your neighbor. Say, Pastor, say I should ask you, are you an old woman? If he's a man by your side, ask him, are you an old man? Even if he has white hair, that's not what I'm asking. If the person looks like an old man or old woman, tell the person, say, you are looking to me like a young man or an old man. That person sitting near you, how is he or she looking? Tell him. He won't slap you. You are just telling him the truth. What did I say? The word of God is for what? It's for reproof. It's for correction. And it's for instruction. And I'd like you to reprove the person by your side. Is the word of God. Or correct him. Tell the person, say, the way they see you for church, you look like a young man. Or you look like an old woman. Tell them. Because, and thou shalt not lie. Are you afraid of the person? How many of you know that in the church of God, we don't tell lies? Lift up your hand. And say, I declare. That the words I'm going to speak now, they are the truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me God. I want to tell you the truth, my sister. I want to tell you, my, my brother. You look like. So tell him the truth. Antibola, you are afraid to tell her the truth. You are afraid. God said, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. The righteous as what? He has bold as a lion. How many of you are a lion here? Lioness here. So tell that person. Say the way I'm looking at you these days. You look like a young man or you look like an old woman. Tell him. Praise the Lord. Do not retire. Do not what? Retire. 120 years. The Bible says Moses' eyes was not dim. His physical body was not altered. He was still as strong. Do you know what Caleb said to Joshua? Why did you think two of them went to spy the land? Was it not so? Two of them. And they were almost the same age. When ten came back to give a bad report and said we can't no, they stood by the pastor and said, Pastor, we can roof this place. Pastor, we can build this church. The two people are now retired. And the Bible says, Caleb went to meet Joshua. He knew that Joshua was old. Joshua could no longer take mountains. And he said to Joshua, give me this mountain. I'm still as strong as I was 40 years ago. And I am 80. I have not retired. I'm still ready to do what? To refire so that I can acquire the land that I did what? That I desire. 
He said, give me this mountain. How many are saying this morning to God? Give me this mountain. I will pray until the land of Pedro Bariga will be subdued. I will evangelize until there is no house in my streets that I have not spoken to somebody about Jesus. I am still as fresh as I am. 20 years ago, as I am now. I said to myself, I can't be sleeping. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. For almost three months, he has not been to church for weekly service. And I called him. Because his house is far. Very far to where the church is. And after some time, the weekly service began to drop. It's your assignment. He, he handed it over. The Bible says in the days that kings need to go to battle, what happened? David was at home. Doing what? He was resting. And battle was going on. And he didn't know the battle was coming to his house. He who fights and runs away will live to fight another day. When you retire from God's work, the devil has just refired into your house. David thought because he wouldn't go for battle for Israel. The battle he refused to fight for Israel. The battle came to meet him at home. If David has gone to battle that day, his home would not have been scattered. There are some certain things in your life you don't delegate. I can't delegate my assignment as a pastor to you. No matter how tired I am, Unless I die, God sent me. Go to the eastern part of Lagos. I prepared a place and a people for you. So when sickness knocked me down for one month, I said, God, you knew that a time will come. This thing will happen. And you never told me to retire. So I got up. And I began to speak in tongues in the morning. In the night, I was praying three hours. When Satan thought he would hook me in the night, in the day, I turned it to four hours. When Satan knock you down, gather momentum, knock him out. When sickness knock you down, gather momentum, knock him out. When discouragement knocks you down, gather momentum, knock him out. When worries, poverty knock you down, gather momentum in the spirit and do what? And knock him out. A knockdown is not a knockout. And they beat you and beat you and beat you. They count one, two, and you do like this. You are still in the fight. And you are knocked down. The battle has not yet finished. I say, Satan, I may be knocked down, but I can't be knocked out. I may be discouraged, but I can't retire. I may be worried, but I refuse to retire. I may be despised by my friends. I refuse to retire. We woke up one early morning and we are coming for evangelism. And my elder brother was in our house to see me. Where did they go? My wife said, would they go evangelism? He said, so, madam, you retire from bank. You leave bank work. My wife said, yes, I don't retire. He said, your husband said, not the work. My wife said, no. 
He said, Una two, they carry Bible. And my wife just finished making a bar and vegetable soup for him. He was eating the bar and the vegetable soup. He didn't have at home and he was saying, So Una, una two, not going to get work. Now this Bible, I just they carry up and down. Which can, and your papa leave you. Don't see, so now what do you want to take your life? Do be this. He despised me. Today, compare him, compare me. I refuse to be despised. I refuse to retire. Some of you, somebody will come to your house. You just finished praying, and your friend came to your house. I said, How far? I said, I go market to, I go buy school uniform for my children. School one start and bag. And he's an unbeliever. He said, My husband gave me 200,000 for them. And your whole husband is inside the room praying. And she cut before he goes to work. And the woman just wake up and left. The next thing you went to knock inside the room. Daddy, come out. Come out. Now your mate just give him wife 200,000. May go buy uniform. Now yeah, you did they pray. They pray, pray away, not get head one, not see anything. You know what you have done? You have retired. Tell your neighbor, say God, say don't retire. How many of us are ready in this season of kingdom expansion to refire? Say, Lord, I'm set to refire. Say, Lord, I'm set to refire so that I can acquire the things that I desire. Though I am tired, I refuse to retire, but I will refire to acquire the things that I desire. Though I am discouraged, though I am weak, I refuse to retire, but I will refire so that I can acquire the things that I desire. Bow down your head and pray. Set me on fire once more. I want to live my life to please you in every way. Chapel, number 16, Ogunyemi Street, famous pasta, Pedro Pariga, Lagos. Wow, I'm so glad to be a pace sitter. <laughs>